Welcome, everybody, to the Brian Foltis Behavioral Finance Podcast. It's me in the new year, 2024. And today, we are going to go personal. We went mental in our last, last year podcast, and now we're going to get personal. This will start our personal finance segment, which I have written up on the whiteboard as the good, the bad, and then Mandy, my wife, asked me, where's the ugly? And I said, it's, it's the getting married one. Got a good laugh. Um, anyway, that's what we're going to be talking about. Also, working on money with our kids. So, quick catch up. Hope everybody's doing well. Moving in to now 2024 in the new year. All is going great not because it's going poorly have i not done these podcast recordings partly it was becoming a pain point with the videos and uploading them and getting behind on it and i finally realized that the three of you who are actually watching these on on youtube don't need to, we can just move you away and then all of a sudden about 90 percent of my issues are are gone so i have a lot to talk about and I'm happy now to be moving into an audio-only format for this podcast. Right? I think the last time we recorded was during the Thanksgiving season or the Thanksgiving break that I had. And that moved straight into a wonderful semester break in between semesters where I went to Jacksonville, Florida with my older son to watch the Jags play Sunday night football against the Baltimore Ravens and then shortly we did all the Christmas stuff and shortly after Christmas the boys went with their mom to Denver uh, to see family and Mandy and I ended up flying over to Italy to roam around for a couple of weeks and eat a lot of food and drink a lot of wine so we had this really relaxing it was kind of like our delayed honeymoon over in Italy, came back, had a couple of days on the ground before the semester started, and the semester hit me like a ton of bricks. So for the last four weeks, it's been constantly catching up and dealing with all things school-wise. And now it's finally starting to subside a little bit, and it's time to start recording, get some podcasts under the belt, and start getting all this content out here to you that I've been deliberating on and thinking about this whole time. Uh, so thanks very much. I know a, a few of you have reached out and uh, I really appreciate that. And um, hopefully we're gonna get right back on track, take this to another level and uh, really develop this and at least have a forum to talk about money. So uh, more on that in a minute. But today we're gonna be talking about personal finance, and as it is my podcast, I will talk about the good things that I was, I've been able to do, and then we'll dive into some of the mistakes that I've made. And the main reason to talk about personal finance is to actually show that I'm not out here trying to teach people about finance and doing my own bad decisions. 
And what, the, what I'm trying to do is lead by example, uh, learn from my own mistakes in order to help others, and try to be a leader in this area. So some of the things that, that we're going to learn here is going back to our decision-making, it actually comes down to our upbringing and all of our previous experiences lead to what ultimately drives our beliefs and thoughts, which then lead to our decisions, which then lead to our behaviors. And even Dave Ramsey's out here saying, look, finance is 20% knowledge and 80% behavior. And even he's starting to talk about being a belief changer or in the business of changing beliefs and thoughts because i think now even he is admitting or knowing acknowledging that the changing behavior starts with the thoughts this was really interesting because i didn't think he was there um, but i'm happy to see that that's what he's thinking about and that it is 80 percent behavioral change if we go back all the way to our childhood this is where a lot of these experiences and upbringings take us into our adulthood. And some of these things are really good. Sometimes we have really good relationships talking about money with our families. Some, a lot of these things, as we move into our adulthood, we really need to keep these things. And these are our defaults, so that's the good news. They will remain. Uh, it's the bad things or the negative things that we have to acknowledge and then override. And so I want you to think about your own upbringing, your own experiences, and how they drive your beliefs and your thoughts today, and then also how they might affect your decision-making. And this goes back to a lot of people making their bad financial decisions. I don't think people wake up in the morning and go, I really am looking forward to making some bad financial decisions today. What can I do that would be dumb, that would really set me back and give me all this anxiety and turmoil? What can I really do to set this off today? Of course not. But if you were to go back and look at some of these bad decisions, almost 100% of the time it stems from this core belief that go back to our upbringing. So even back, if you're listening, there was a guy, um, a couple on, is it Ramit? I know I, I just mentioned his, uh, or his book, I'll Teach You to Get Rich. I always say, damn it, Ramit, damn it, Janet, Janet, I love you. That's the you know, Rocky Horror Picture Show, so I say Ramit. Uh, but he was talking to a couple who were spending about $80,000 per year on childcare for preschool and you just could not get the wife to move from her non-negotiable position and as he delved into this or he dove into it you could see that it was all formed off of this belief and thought of I've got to have I've always said my kid needs to go to this private school and I am not negotiating this expense and I don't care if it's going to take me under so this is where I think Ramit is doing 
way more meditation than I am because he was so patient with this particular couple and trying to move and change this uh, where my instinct was, all right, well, now we know exactly why you are going bankrupt. Uh, we've at least observed this behavior. We've observed the belief that we can't get you to change. So when you're ready to make the change in behavior or in your beliefs, in your thoughts, then let's come back. Otherwise, we've identified that this is going to be the reason that you file for bankruptcy. Anyway, I'm trying to keep this positive. This is about the good stuff. So as I was growing up, my dad was a middle school teacher. My mom worked part-time uh, as an insurance agent, and I was this middle child. And growing up, we never explicitly talked about money. In fact, all the way through my early adulthood, I think it came up twice, and both times they were negative because of, of tax situations. And that was the extent of it. We never had conversations. It was always off limits, and it was taboo to, to talk about. So that means there was no formal education in any of this, and it's not surprising that you would go, or I would go into my 20s and make all the bad decisions. You take on the loans, you take on credit cards, get an auto loan, and student loans, no problem. You pay them back eventually. Like all these things I was going through, through my 20s, till I finally hit the point of, I'm going backwards, what am I doing? And it wasn't, it was from a couple of books that saved my life. I picked up a couple of finance books, really enjoyed it. It was The Millionaire Next Door. And I was also reading this book uh, called The Shrewd Christian that was really helpful. And uh, couple that with a Rich Dad, Poor Dad book. And I started building my foundation of what money can actually do and how to handle it. It was just a rebuilding process from square one. And I'm very fortunate that I was able to work my way through that. Uh, rolled my sleeves up for about 12 to 16 months, my, my previous wife and I did. And uh, remember working from 7 a.m. till 4 p.m. at Fidelity. And, and I was just starting as an, uh, a representative there, a financial representative. And then in the evening time, I would go and clean buildings until about 10 or 11 p.m., would knock those out, did that for about a year to about 16 months, and knocked out all of those loans. So now, fast forward here to the age of 43, there are no, we don't do debt, all credit cards, I do use a credit card, and those credit cards will get paid off every year, or I'm, I'm sorry, every month, and as long as I can do that, then I can earn the 1.5% Capital One credit my, or Capital One cash back on credit cards. So I'm a deadbeat customer to my credit card companies, and I want to stay that way. Additionally, cars. I, once I paid off the car in my 20s, I've never paid any loans on the cars, which I've mentioned before, having to go pay cash for a car at the dealership last summer, 
I almost broke the, the system. They had never seen somebody trying to pay with a bank wire in a very long time, and they had to, renew, uh, had to reacquaint themselves with the process. So I do not own any debt outside of the mortgage, and I don't intend to change that. From a savings standpoint, we've come a long way. The emergency fund, which I held so dear, dearly when we finally got out of debt, built that up to about $12,000, was such an important point for me. Now it's not that big of a, the emergency fund is not uh, that near and dear to me. But again, uh, that comes along with a little bit more job stability and having tenure and, and higher income. So a lot of my focus now goes into, uh, you know, there's a lot into 401k. So max out 401k. Usually once you add in some of the um, summer work and additional incomes, I'll max out the 401k usually around the end of October, November, which then gives me an increase around the same time the social security kicks in. So if you, want, if you reach a certain amount of income, then you don't need to pay Social Security for, uh, after a certain amount. And so that's usually around the last paycheck of October that that hits. So just a little extra money for the holidays. And at the end of it, it's, a lot of it's just going to get invested outside of retirement anyway. So I'm going to talk to you a little bit. These are my numbers. Uh, before getting married. So once I got divorced, 2020, had to reassess what the expenses were going to look like. I'd been tracking expenses for about 15 years leading up to that, uh, using my spreadsheet that I have posted on brianfoltis.com. It's the Life, Foltis Lifetime uh, spreadsheet. And you can actually download that for free if you want on brianfoltis.com. And uh, give me feedback on that if you like it. I'm going to try to constantly improve that. But anyway, um, figured out what my expenses were and was living the single life now up until last year. And my typical savings was, on paper, 30%. So in addition to maxing out the 401k, it's going to be about 25 to 30% of income that goes into brokerage or savings. Now, a lot of that savings did go to buying the house last year, and now is rebuilding that. And, uh, and I say the number 25 because in reality, the, the actual savings rate is around 25%. So now, what we're gonna have is a different set of numbers, and I'm still getting reacquainted with sharing finances and, and combining finances, what our total expenses are, and trying to get numbers around that. And it's starting to come into focus now here about six months into marriage, and uh, there'll be more on that in a moment when I bring Mandy on to talk about finances and getting married and what that means because there's a lot of debate on how you deal with finances, do you combine it, do you keep it separate, and uh, we certainly have our own strategy around that that we will talk about. So, um, 
those were the main things. And, and again, there are not a lot of additional, we're not doing anything super complex. Essentially, savings into retirement, additional savings into brokerage. Uh, there's a little bit of savings going towards the, the boys' 529 plans and uh, their, their youth accounts. Um, but besides that, it's not that complicated. I had some additional uh, business income and expenses, so I think our tax season this year is not going to be very fun. In other words, I think we're going to have to pay out, but that's because we made good money in the year before, and we, we're okay with that. We have money set aside, so if we do owe taxes, we'll pay it out, and we'll move on with our lives. But a lot of these good things have happened, and uh, we're going to continue on. There's no need to change it. Uh, real estate, some of the things that a lot of people are really into, we, besides our own house, we don't have anything real estate-wise. I am not opposed to it, uh, but when we talk about the next podcast, The Bad, I do have some bad previous experiences that have shaped this. So again, I'm not saying that real estate is, is bad. Um, it's something that I'm working through at this point. Uh, and then after that, there's some other assets that we have, just some other diversifying assets, none of which are cryptocurrencies or Bitcoin. And it's not that I'm vehemently opposed to owning this. However, every time I see it, everyone's either all or nothing into this. And that's where I have, I have a big problem with that. If you want to own 5 to 10% in Bitcoin or in cryptocurrency, I don't give a shit what you do. Just diverse, use it as a diversifier. Uh, I will choose to not do that. I will own different alternative assets in the meantime. And then when it comes down to the actual breakdown of assets, the retirement portfolio is more or less uh, about 70% stocks, 30% bonds, and uh, even right now in the bond space, as interest rates were increasing, I basically split my bond exposure to 50, uh, half of those actual bonds and the other ones were money markets, money market funds. And the thought behind that was if money markets are going up and increasing in yield, then my bond portfolio most likely would go down so there's a little bit of an offsetting hedging process in, in that bond exposure. But right now we're at about 5%, and um, that's kind of where we'll keep an eye on what the trends are going to be for interest rate. And I might switch it out a little bit, but I'm not one to really tinker too much with retirement accounts, kind of stay in that 70, 30 range at the moment, and we'll keep you posted if that changes. For the investment side and the brokerage side, there's some stocks and a lot of index funds. So I do own some individual stocks and a lot of index funds, just trying to mirror the index that are low cost. And also really kind of liking having money market funds around. And if you are holding money in your checking account or a low yield savings account, 
There's no reason that you can't move that over into a money market account and earn today here in February uh, over 5% per year. So this is something that we haven't had to experience or weren't able to experience ever since 2007, last time money markets were at 5%. So just something to think about as you're moving forward. And I'm happy to continue that conversation if you had any more questions around more details. But I just wanted to give you the lay of the land that I'm not out here telling you to do these right things, but also not doing them myself. I am, I'm on the path. I'm a late bloomer. I was late to the party as far as savings goes. Uh, going through the doctorate program, we didn't go into debt for that. But moving over to Germany, we weren't able to save a ton of money while I did my doctorate. So the, we are late to the savings program, but I'm telling you in about five or 10 years, it, it won't matter. And uh, we'll, be, we'll be right there. And uh, even through a divorce, losing half of the, the assets and picking up again, I'm not concerned about it. So anyway, that will conclude the good. When we come back, we're going to talk about these past experiences and how it leads to some of our bad decision-making, or at least how it has in, in ours. So hope this is helpful for you. Hope you're having a great day, and I'm signing off for now. Talk to you later. Hit me up if you want to at Instagram, brianfoltis.com. Would love to hear from you. You can put comments below. If you're liking the content and are happy that I'm back, hope you are, uh, please leave some feedback and uh, see if we can get more viewers on board here. Have a great day. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.